Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Phil Wheeler. (laughs) Keep it in. Okay, keep that in. That stays in. Yeah, no. Warts and all. Yeah, we, yes. Um... This might be the time to uh, just come clean and say I over Christmas I had a stroke and um, <laughs> it affected my my speech centre uh, and also my dress sense. I'm wearing a, a mustard corduroy suit. It's very fetching and uh, and nothing else. Just uh, bare chested, bare chested as the day I was born, and in a mustard corduroy suit as the day I was born. Uh, so yes, I've had a stroke, so welcome to uh, Ston Hamper time. Uh, with me, as always, uh, Jim Grant. Good evening. Though, Jim, I say as always, you barely did any of them in the months leading up to Christmas. You, no, you I was a bit of an absentee. more or less not to be here for any of the... I was busy. I was, I was the... work. Right, you know? okay. I was, I'm I just simply busy. I'm a professional. I have simply, things to do. Right, I see. Things That's to do. a, a dismissive attitude to you're taking towards this podcast no, that's garnered you such a know, reputation I'm, I'm, in the world I'm, I'm of... I'm dedicated to this, but as, as you well right. know, but I, sometimes work, you know, work, paid work, uh, I might add, uh, yes. comes first. I see. That's how it's going to be, is it, well, Jim? You know, you, yeah. You, you, you're just a... I'm you a blow, hired gun. You blow with the wind. <laughs> you, are, you are ephemeral and impossible <laughs> to pin down. Uh, like the wind. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is... is yeah. That's yeah. imagery, Jim. Yeah. I've, I've employed yeah, yeah. imagery. Okay. Also joining us is the author of, I'm going to come out and say it, the best blog in existence about West Ham United. Now, we know a lot of bloggers, don't we? You know, Pete Mayo does the excellent Hammers in the Heart, which is the best podcast about West Ham United. We know uh, Donna the Hammer, who does uh, the best (laughs) podcast about (laughs) Wagner and West Ham United. Um, and we must know some other people. Maybe those. Maybe we only know those ones. But also, but, but, but we also know James Kearns, and James he does do. the best pod, uh, the best um, blog about West Ham United. Hello, James Kearns. Hello, Phil. You've been in uh, Disney World over the Christmas period. I, yes, I. How have. long did you go there for? Two weeks. Two weeks. Nice. Uh, you say that. Was it nice? <laughs> yeah. um, is, there, is there a sufficient variety of things to do for two, for two weeks? But there is when you're nine. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I think when you're right. 40. Did it, did it, you know, it, it waned? Did it, it paled? It sort um, of kind of dragged for you at all? 
My wife's not going to listen to this, right? Because <laughs> it was a surprise 40th trip for my, uh, for my uh, birthday. Okay. So it was fantastic. It was for your oh. birthday? It was for my birthday, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like oh, all 40-year-olds, right, I went Left to Left the kids at home. Yeah, screw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Lots of walking uh, around. Lots of Americans. I did a, uh, a couple of corporate gigs, uh, uh, sort of two years running in um, in Miami. In fact, one, uh, um, the hotel was sort of full up and uh, the person that I uh, was doing the corporate gig with, um, he sort of jokingly pushed me out of the way to check in because somehow we'd been apprised of the fact that they were running out of rooms. And uh, he he got the last room and he turned to me and went, ha, ha, ha. And the woman in the service desk said, said so, so we're going to have to put you in a suite. Uh, and, uh, my hotel room was so nice that the guest in the room next to me was Prince. <laughs> Wow. It was Prince, yeah, yeah. When I came out of my room to go downstairs, the door of the room in, next to me was, opened was, and right. Prince walked out oh, with a wow. kind of a large mind. You weren't just in his cupboard, it was a really nice no, suite. No, no, really no, nice yes, I had, no, thing. I had the full yeah. full deal. Oh, wow. uh, but we went out, we, we sort of had some dead time and we went out of the hotel and, and we had a map that we got from reception and uh, uh, the scale of the map was such that we, we walked about half a mile and had got one block from the hotel and it was sort of... You know, those large American cities, just finding your way around them, you, they're just so enormous and you have to walk every. They're all designed to have a car, really. Los Angeles yeah. is like, if you sort of, in, you know, you're in some place in Los Angeles, you have to walk fucking five miles to get, like, you know, a packet of cigarettes or a newspaper or something. It's crazy. At Disney, like, Goofy's normally on the corner to point you in the right direction, though, so just, are you in that a ho- won't be a problem. Are you in a hotel in the compound? No, like, no. We, were, we had a villa. We did stay at the Hard Rock. I mean, is this... General, like, is this staying in? I think this is yeah. what our... This is the this goal is what people are tuning for. Yeah, all right. yeah. We stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel yeah. for two nights and went oh. to Universal. That was brilliant. Yeah. Right. Old guitars? Smashed up guitars? Yeah, also Harry Potter World, which oh, went right. down very well with the kids. Yes, yeah. yeah. So. Well, what did you make of it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. Right. Yes. Good. Yeah. Highly recommended. Highly yeah. recommended. Did you play Quidditch? Uh, that's not a real thing, but, uh, no. uh, but well, no, apparently it is. I know well, someone, apparently, well, a, well, the official a, so there is a sort of version yeah. of it that is played. Well, that would be played by people on bicycles rather than I, on I, flying I, broomsticks. Yes, that's that's what Lucas Perez okay. is good at. Maybe <laughs> that's knows? his. Yeah. Oh, that's his skill. That is. His, I know. I know someone who plays polo on bicycles. There's like sort of bicycle polo. You know. Sort of, People on like BMX bikes going around with like you know like mallets hitting balls like they're on horses, and that's quite popular. It's a bit like a kind of urban you know skateboardery okay. type game. Is like uh-huh. BMX. I knew someone who played Octopush. What is Octopush? That's a game played on the on the on the floor of a of a of a swimming pool, like with a underwater puck, with under, water underwater with right. like these little kind of paddles that they whack this. Puck around. I think they have kind of snorkels. Right. They kind of. They kind of. So they have to keep going up to the they have surface. To keep going up to like whales to get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. In fact, whales. If you trained a whale to play, to play. Well, it wouldn't have. Would a, it wouldn't have it the wouldn't be able to digital it. dexterity. It wouldn't grip. It would need a <laughs> yeah, reversible yeah. thumb. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to do some kind of strange, some kind eugenic of, thing. Yeah. Aquaman. They must play it. Surely, <laughs> in the film, Aquaman yeah. must anyway. revolve around a tournament that they're yeah. entered into, and Should they're the underdogs, and uh, and, and like are they. 
you know, like yeah. the Mighty Ducks. Like, so we should do up your mustard soup, Phil, and let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> now, uh, during, during our absence from you, and in fact, uh, the first part of this podcast, <laughs> five <laughs> games of football have been played by West Ham United. The last two while we've been talking. Yes. Uh, so we, we, uh, we left you just before Christmas, uh, uh, at which point we had won four games in a row. We've mm. since played another four of, of our eight winnable games. Uh, got a less... You know, less than pleasing result, but perhaps a more yeah. expected result. We we've lost twice to Watford and uh, Burnley. Uh, we drew one with Brighton, and we won one against Southampton. Yeah, I think there's a degree to which, in in broad terms, the 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 injuries and the the fact that the squad has been stretched did, you know, yeah, yeah, sort of play a part in that in that in that the. the immediately post-Christmas. I had a catastrophic uh, Christmas of illness because I was yeah. booked in to see uh, the home game against Watford and both the away games against Southampton and Burnley and yeah. failed to see all three of them. So all I saw was the uh, Brighton game and didn't get my shit. Well, in fact, I was having a CT scan when uh, we were playing Birmingham. So it's just been a catastrophic failure of health uh, that's uh, meant I've only seen sort of one of that last uh, clump of games. Yeah. The, I mean, there's a difference between the two defeats. We could possibly maybe get the two defeats out of the way. Yeah. First, I mean, I, mean uh, I thought, you know, the, the Burnley game, we, we didn't turn up. And and it was a difficult um, match in the end. Watford was it was one of those ding dong games that I felt could have gone either way. Really, um, yeah, they yeah. were different defeats, if you like. Even though the score, I think was if the Antonio same. scores in yeah. the last minute or whatever it was, mm. when he heads against the bar from twelve inches, yeah, it, you yeah, know, you draw the game and everyone's probably quite happy with it. As it is, they went out the other end and scored, but said to you before I, I take a million of those defeats over yeah, yeah. you know a million Allardyce nil-nil draws where you don't really make much attempt to win the game you know we try well I don't think we played that much particularly differently in that game no, versus no. the previous four that we'd yeah. won it just didn't quite run no. and they're a bit better they were they're, a bit better yeah. weren't they yeah. I think Watford are a tough team to play I mean I think they're sort of slowly garnering a bit of a crazy gang spirit you know they you know there's still an element of them that, that, that hangs over from the game in that first season at the uh, Thunderdome where they were dressed like footballers from the 40s and we pissed them off by scoring two <laughs> effortless goals and looking brilliant and they thought we were showing off so decided to crush us 4-2 <laughs> and, and then they suddenly all of them in those white yeah. kits seemed twice our size I think Jim you talked about the Watford game and said that you felt we were, we were quite muscled out of it well they, they bullied us a bit didn't they the phys- and Burnley that, those those mm. that, 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 those games had that in common that we didn't quite physically match up to the to the opposition, particularly in in midfield. You know, we we we'd, um, we lost the sort of the physical battle in midfield. I thought mm, mm. Uh, in both games, I thought Burnley pretty much kicked Anderson from the yeah. first minute. Yeah, I mean, well, that no, one Phil, Phil Bards, was uh, that Bardsley, yeah. Phil Bardsley, yeah. was there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just shocking. I mean, I saw some highlights of that and it's just, uh, it was quite appalling. So, you know, quite some of those early challenges from him were... He didn't get much protection. I mean, you know, to a degree, that's what you're going to expect. It's the prototypical Premier League game, isn't it? Yeah. Away in December at Burnley, can you hack it? And he got kicked about a bit. But the other thing I'd say about that game, they had 24 hours more rest and it looked like it. Mm. We looked knackered. We were leggy. We yeah. didn't move the ball quickly enough. No. Got caught in possession a lot, gave it away a lot, put ourselves under pressure. And they were sort of direct and, and those two guys up, you know, Barnes and um, mm. Wood, Wood up front, yeah. are, are, are powerful. You know, they really gave our... Uh, Centre-half was a hard time. The the Burnley game, um, 
was characterised, I saw quite a lot of it on a, uh, a sort of an internet feed, and it was sort of characterised by the change that was made at half-time. Uh, and it was slightly ironic that Carol was brought on on 45 minutes and Snodgrass was taken off on 45 minutes because it seemed that the one person most likely to put it on the head of the other person had been replaced by that person because certainly on the feed I saw there were there, there started to be quite hopeful balls punted speculatively towards where Andy Carroll's head might nominally yeah, be well, and I sort of thought come on lads just keep playing you well, know, we couldn't, but we struggled to keep the ball, didn't we? Yeah, we were under pressure. That, I think that you know, they, I think they def- you you revert to that when when you realise that there them, aren't yeah. enough options. Yeah, there wasn't enough hard work when we had the ball off the ball, wasn't mm. there? As it were. Um, now, Jim, you went to the Southampton game. I did. That was a very that enjoyable was a good, yeah, uh, yeah. night out. Very, very enjoyable. Very good to stick it to those. I really, they, they're, they're. I hate those muggy Southampton fans. That kind of that kind of pathetic family, we're a family friendly sort of club. They really want to give it large to, to West Ham. They've got some problem with West Ham for some reason. And it was great to get the equaliser. So whilst, you know, to kill their pathetic uh, celebrations to be, and, yeah, and then, you know, to get another one soon after and the whole, that kind of, it was a great, a great away support again. And uh, singing, you know, when the Saints go two one down, it was just joyful. And they, Anderson uh, was brilliant. They took was, a, yeah. they took against us in when we went down to the Championship, I think, and yeah, we were kind go, of uh, they they to sort date of from felt, then, doesn't it? Yeah, they felt. I mean, because they had done fantastically to come up twice, you know, because uh, they didn't they come up? They came up once to be in the championship but that was their one season in the championship and then they came up to the premiership yeah. they came up twice so, yeah. so well, they, they had done fantastic grown well. side as well Lalana extraordinary and well, the players. Liverpool team yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. As, as is now yeah <laughs> it was it was uh, um, Shaw Klein wasn't it both of those were in it yes um yeah, but, but it was even picking up players like Lovren and I mean, not that yeah. we should turn this into Leicester Jim go off yeah, his yeah. Uh, rocker, turn <laughs> yeah. it into a Southampton appreciation uh, society. But they picked up lots of good players for not they much did, money yeah, and, yeah. and did really and that well. you know that uh, striker that played for England like once yeah. was Lambert, but they yeah, keep yeah. setting them and it is catching up with them and they yeah. looked poor to me. They mm. they were pretty of those teams that we played. I thought even Fulham showed more um, enterprise and and uh, and you know attacking potential than than Southampton did I thought they were really poor two great goals though as well I fantastic thought. goals the, two quite different goals because the, mm. the first goal was a brilliant strike and you think to yourself when I saw that I thought okay, it feels like such a long time since we've had a player who can do that it's probably mm. not it's probably Pyatt but yeah. you know it, we haven't had a player who can do that in mm-hmm. the last couple of years and then the second goal to see us break with pace yeah, and I think every time I come on here, I say to you, "That's the slowest West Ham team I've ever seen in my life." Well, you know, to be fair, that goal, Antonio, who I think hit quite a good vein of form, actually yeah. looks fit again. Um, you yeah, know, brilliant break from him. Great pass. That was a difficult pass to make. And then Anderson, you know, sprinting from one end yeah. to the other, yeah. right <laughs> alongside <laughs> Anderson was Isidio. Diop, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I thought was great. But just you know, for once, we were that team breaking with yeah. pace. Yes, you know, yeah. we scored from their corner. You know, and that seems to have happened to us so often. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really, I, I really enjoyed that, and I thought sort of tactically it was a really good performance as well. They played very well. Mm. Yeah, mm. I thought he got it right, Pellegrini, in in, in so many ways in that game. Um, one thing I thought was interesting uh, in the Brighton game, which was a two-all draw. Yeah. Uh, uh, very good fight back, you know. I mean, we um, Brighton are turning into a bogey team for us, aren't they? There's the, the you know the two, the three nil and the three one last mm. season, and we lost 
away, you know, this season. They're, they're proving a little bit of a sort of like Reading a few years ago, uh, uh, um, Bolton are further along, along the way, a bit of a bogey team for us. Um, but the fight back was good, and we sort of, I think we deserved it, but I think we... I felt genuinely something was sort of palpably wrong in the first half. And what I thought was that, you know, I think 4-4-2 is, can be a lot of different things. You know, there's a lot of different ways of setting up and you call it 4-4-2. But we, we, it seemed to me all the way through the first half that we didn't need to be 4-4-2 because of the width that 4-4-2 gives you. Because they weren't playing with any width. And also we're sort of good up the middle now with with Anderson and uh, either Noble or Obiang. Snodgrass is a good passer of the ball. Um, on it makes good runs for the ball to be sort of slotted through onto the end of a kind of run, not necessarily from the flanks, but just from the, the middle of the park. And that's what we started to do in the second half, and it just got us two goals straight away. We started to um, play narrower because there didn't seem to be any need for width particularly. Because I don't think we've got sprinting wingers that are gonna you know we're not like sort of Manchester United with Paborski on one ring and Giggs on the other these are flying Keith Gillespie these flying Stan Lazaridis those wingers like that they're not Anderson's quite quick but he doesn't run 30 yards up the wing with the ball serially like you know well and then cross it which yeah. is the point that was it seemed like we were set up to cross the ball for Carroll because yeah. I mean you for what you say there, you know, my take on it would just be Carroll. Yeah. I think if you put Carroll in that team and try and play the exact same way you've played for most of the season, which is this sort of more progressive passing, one of the reasons I think Snodgrass is so good is because I think he tries to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Arnautovic is that kind of player. Arnautovic was completely anonymous in the first half. He of was, Brighton Because yeah. all the sort of the space that he would ordinarily run into was being occupied by Carroll, who's completely yeah. immobile. Yeah. And I just feel... I, they're I'm, not a I'm, great. They're not a great combo. I don't think. No, I agree, no, I agree right, with that. Yeah. Um, it looked as though before the in- injury that he was forming a what could be a potentially decent partnership with Hernandez, who I think fits Hernandez quite. Stays. I'm not a massive fan of Hernandez, yeah. but, but I think but he fits he, quite yeah, well in this system. That, yeah. Yeah. I think I think about Carroll is is he, he's he's potentially useful to have in the squad in certain circumstances on the bench, but I just don't see him as a starter. Anymore, no. um, he came. He, he did well against Southampton when he came and played really, really well. I thought uh, in defence as much as anything else. You know, um, no, he's. I mean, he's, he, still, he's not a bad player. He holds on to the ball. You know, holds on to the yeah. ball. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's got ability, but he is. Um, He's a lesser player every single time he comes back from a long-term injury. And, yeah. and, and in fact, when he comes back, you don't see him, you don't see enough of him before the next injury comes along. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I feel that, um, uh, you know, we, we observe that after that, the injury that's to that kind of your kind of a sort of Achilles, your plantar fascia, is all about jumping. Yes. Ballet dancers get it, you know, because they yeah. jump in the air. And he has lost that sort of spring. Absolutely, and I mean, yeah. he... he I think that's why he's getting blown up against now for kind of elbows in the face because he's using his arms to get up more now and because he's getting blown up against for that all the time. And he didn't when he first came, I don't think particularly. He used to sort of, I think it was a 50-50. It would be more of a 50-50 against a, a defender and he would win it. I think he's always probably been slightly punished. Like Crouch was a little bit the same. They'd always sort of get a lot of free kicks against them. Mm. But to your point, I don't think he wins enough headers anymore no, for no, someone of no. his size who's supposed Absolutely. to be great in the air. Yeah, yeah. And the problem with the kind of plan B thing, which I agree, you know, there are times when you might want to just 
put pressure on the opposition if they're not great in the cent- um, central defence. But I question whether or not he wins enough headers in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. So I know he's just scored one on um, uh, Sunday. And, and but he didn't almost get south. I mean, the the, yeah. the, the, the the sort of headed one too. He played with. Um, Anderson, Anderson for the chance yeah but you know it was it was a, up, up to that point it was a great little bit of football yeah mm-hmm. I, I, he's a decent he's a he decent but he's, he's he's completely his pace is lack of pace is exposed um, he I, I absolutely agree about the way he puts the rest of the team out of joint mm. when he when when he starts but he's not a bad weapon to have on the on, on the bench to have in your armory yeah, I would I mean, say it's sort of like not up for a whole half. I think you know the the no, what I, I what I thought about the Burnley game was that I thought we sort of switched tactics the second he started, which was at the beginning of the second half, and suddenly you know a couple of times, like you say, there were reasons for that in that we were kind of tired, and I think you look for an outlet when you're sort of tired mm. and your intricate passing isn't going to work for you because you just think ah oh, this pass isn't going to get there. I'll just bang it long to Andy, but. Um, but also, you know, the kind of abilities of the players on there. Dean Garner, really, as a substitute, what you want him to bring on is his pace. But in fact, he was looking to knock it onto Andy Carroll's head quite a lot of the time yeah. when but he came on. I don't think Pellegrini wants his wingers to play really wide and get to the line and, and cross, right? No, because he plays no. them on the wrong side. What he wants them to do is cut in and shoot, which yeah. if you look at what Anderson's been doing, works yeah. very yeah, well. Yeah. So I think there's a sort of an element of you know square peg round hole thing with Carroll I think the other thing actually is they've got this option at the end of the year with him either let him go or another two years and to my mind you cannot exercise that option because there's two reasons that sort of the the, is he a good enough player anymore I'd question it but he's on 100 grand a week and there's an element of what could you spend that money better well you wouldn't surely wouldn't be extending the contract on that on that He'd have to take a pay cut, wouldn't he? It's a West Ham contract we're talking Mm. about, and they've probably got to pay escalation. escalation. Let him go, obviously. Hold on to that thought, Mm -hmm. and we'll come back after this message. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Um, as you know, as a West Ham season ticket holder, I occasionally get uh, emails quite often. They're on the Monday after a, a game has been played, and they're from a sort of they're, they're from the club, but they're often sort of authored by a sort of personality within the team. Sometimes it's the captain, so Mark Noble. Sometimes it's a particular player, uh, and sometimes it's from the chairman. And uh, and I got one of those this week. You probably wouldn't have got this because um, you know I have a season ticket and. Uh, uh, Jim, did you have a point? Uh, no, I haven't had that. No, I haven't. Didn't, didn't get one. Didn't no. Get one? no. Uh, well, I'll, I'll no. give you. A, I'll give you a flavour. I'll try no. and do it. I'll try and do it, it justice. It uh, probably got you know bl- blocked by my my spam, spam filter. Filter. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, you should attend to that because they're they're often very interesting and informative. Yeah, well, I, and a lot I, of them. I, um, yeah, I'd like to wait and hear you read them in your inimitable. Style. Well, also, a lot of them are offering um, West Ham branded products uh, from the shop at and, and, knock down and, prices. And the opportunity to be the mascot. The opportunity uh, to be the mascot. The opportunity to be the mascot. For, 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 twice for, for a mere £700. Yeah. Or 80 quid for your kit, your yeah. full kit. Yeah, yeah. So you could be a full kit wanker. Perhaps we'll, <laughs> perhaps we'll talk about that yeah. after, yeah. after this. Anyway, yeah. here it goes. Uh, <clears throat> I'll try and give it to. Dear Philip. David Sullivan here. 
happy 2019. Or, in a spirit of tolerance and inclusivity, happy whatever year it is for Jewish people or the Chinese. (laughs) Myself, David Gold, God rest his soul, and Karen Brady are as aware as anyone of the need to break down the walls of bigotry. No football team has fired more of its staff for being racist, a record we are proud of. And therefore, Pablo Zabaleta, being Argentinian, and that's where Nazis moved to, has been issued with a work verbal warning for the rest of the season, as has Marco Arnautovic, because you sense he's permanently a heartbeat away from a stiff-armed salute. My son, Jack, is managing director of the girls' team, and they are currently lying in six on whatever the female word for league is. Now, it may surprise you to learn, Philip, that I have just ensnared you in a linguistic trap. Your cheerful indifference to my use of the word girls shows me that we have a long way to go not to end up like Andy Gray. (laughs) Now, rather than men's squad, women's squad, child squad, we now describe all of our squads as non-binary or gender fluid. Coincidentally, during my filmmaking days, gender fluid was something that had to be mopped up at the end of the day. Removing oppressive gender or age descriptions from all of our teams has led to some confusion on the website and in ticketing. On the upside, the under-17s had a crowd of 51,000 the other day. (laughs) My son Jack identifies as male, which I think is probably his right. Believe you me, we search high and low for a gay man to manage the ladies because that is... Is that better? I think that... Christ, it's a minefield. Anyway, in the spirit of hashtag me too, we sent Jack on a course, the same one Stan Collymore goes on every six weeks. And also Jack's mum slips bromide into his tea every day. You can't be too careful. Additionally, by way of breaking the glass ceiling, I've demolished the glass ceiling in the weights room of my mansion. (laughs) Additionally, we've given Karen Brady a bonus, not just because she is a woman, but and she is a woman. Words, Philip. Words. Come on, you non-specific metals. <laughs> and that's his... Uh, and they did he's, getting, he's getting politically correct. He's getting politically... I think good. he's... All of this, yeah. you know, the, the because there's been he's some... Woke, he's, woke, exactly. he's woke. Exactly. He is now yeah. woke because yeah. we've been subject to some controversies because of the, that youth team coach and, and uh, the... Um, uh, the, um, Tony Henry. Tony Henry. Tony Henry. Uh, and his mayhem. Same African <laughs> men calls mayhem. He'd just seen that uh, the film about Idi Amin with James McAvoy in it. <laughs> just assumes that all men from Africa cause mayhem. He's a bit racist. And uh, and then the um, those are people in the setup being on the uh, those marches and yes. stuff. And so so he's he's moving quickly to to try and redress the balance and uh, oh. and be as you say, Jim woke. And to that effect, they gave Karen Brady an enormous <laughs> amount of money for doing fuck all, uh, and that's that's good. that's good because yeah. because women yeah. should have women deserve no, money. Quite right. That's what I take from Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Um, so yes, the, um, the women's uh, team are doing quite well, by the way. Sorry, yeah, well, doing I've very well. Them, yeah, they're you know, sixth, I watched the highlights of their games yeah, yeah. and whatnot, and. Um, they were they were they were holding the arse, the very the rampant Arsenal team to all at half time. Yeah, yeah. Sunday lost fourteen. Lost fourteen. For a scratch team, they're sixth in that division. Yeah, yeah, they might yeah, be seventh yeah. for the yeah, next round of games, right, but they're they? doing very well. They've yeah. got Man U next, I think. No, they're in the league. No, they're in the I wrong league, they're in a different league. 
Man U are in the second her. division. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Man U have oh. literally had a women's team for They've about 25 Blackburn minutes. They've got Blackburn in the cup, in the women's right, FA right. Cup. Right. I think they play Man City at home. Oh, I thought I saw mm. a thing saying that. Mm. Yeah, it's Man City. Ah, yeah. uh, right. Okay. Uh, that's another tough game for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Uh, but there was a slight, slight uh, shooting, a foot shooting uh, incident with this mascot uh, story that yeah, came out of the newspapers. Yeah, terrible PR, we... you know, really, and shameful, actually. It's really, you know, they they don't need to be exploiting people in in that way. I think no. it's really disappointing. It's presumably Brady's work rather than, than I mean, she runs that. Or she's oversees the yeah, running of it's that her, sort of side of, it's the, her culture. of the club. You know, yeah. you wouldn't you know, do. I mean, it's whether it's her or not, you wouldn't do it no. if you didn't think it would have her yeah. uh, that, sort of implicit. We, we were saying in the pub earlier, or well, I was saying that, that it feels like the sort of thing that kind of in her circle would sort of be applauded as going, you've seen a yeah. business opportunity somehow in mm. The Apprentice or The Dragon's well, Den. It would be kind of, um, yeah, she's got a hustle about it. She saw an opportunity to monetize this particular aspect of the club and she's done, bravo, well done. But in uh, fact, it's kind of like... Um, and I think that's, that, that, that is such a sort of uh, a, key, a key to the whole, the, whole the, the, the problem that people really have mm. with the current regime is that, I mean, like the Birmingham fans were singing You're Not West Ham anymore. Um, and, you know, th- there's, a, there's a sense in which we aren't what we were as a, in terms of a, a club rooted in its community. And I think that was, the elements of that were changing anyway. Um, and people do have rosy-tinted views of, of the atmosphere, in particular at the bowling ground in, mm. the last, in its last few years, where it was often very quiet, in fact. But nevertheless, there is, you know, something has been lost in this move. And, yeah. um, and I think, I think she, she could have, or they could have managed it from that point of view and in PR terms better than they, better than they did. They it are feels obviously like exploiting people. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot they could do to redress the balance, you know, that people have, or this feeling that people have that they don't give a shit about fans. Yeah. And, you know, th- that kind of thing. So what you're taking, £700 per mascot, there's ten to seven grand a game, at, you know, w- what's that over the course of a season, probably pays like half of Andy Carroll's weekly wage or something. You yeah. know? So the, it's, a, it's, as Jim says, shameful that they're taking in. But they could do so much. You know, they could fund 3G pitches. You know, I'm a coach at you know my daughter's football team there's not enough football facilities in Essex and East London for the kids who want to play yeah who are going to grow up and possibly play for West Ham so it's not even like it would be um you know a, a kind of short-sighted thing to invest in the, in that area they could do it so easily yeah and it yeah. might actually yield them a footballer at one point down the line you know there's just so much they could do uh, and as I said to you before, they, they never miss a chance to miss a chance. And, no, you know, they're no. just so disconnected from I mean, the fan base. You know, I have to say, when, those, when, the, when there was the, uh, the prospect on the horizon of that kind of march happening last year, yeah. I mean, I think we all said on this, uh, you know, which was misinterpreted as us, us saying that the kind of fans were stupid or something. But, but, but what we, the point we were making was we don't know what the march wants to achieve and stuff. And there were mm. things like, feels like the flags were like, in a way, them going, what is it you... Well, you want it more Bratworth? I mean, we could get flags. Is that what you want? I mean, would that make you... Would that please you? Is it flags? You know, and sort of beer mm. shelves and stuff like that, that that you kind of go, is not important. But, um, well, but, at the same, yeah. but you know, so, so, so I, 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 I had not necessarily sympathy with them, but a, a slight kind of 
misunderstanding of, of what people want. Also, I did think, you know, the, the problem with these first two years in the, in the Thunderdome has been that the football's been rubbish. And, and yes. That yeah. is now improving a bit, you know, that, and hopefully that will yeah. keep yeah. sort of progressing. No, no because, question about that. You know, it was... It, uh, uh, it, it was a huge factor. It's well, the, you know, the t- the time for mass protests um, um, against the move were was was when they proposed the move, not after it. Two years after it's happened, yeah. Mm. Um, you have to you have to live with it. And for some people, you know, the the bridges have been burnt. They, they you know, people, I, you know, there are there are diehard fans who've never been or won't go to um, to the bowl and. Um, you know that, that I you've got to respect that, 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 that for them something is you know has changed yeah. irrevocably yeah. and that's and that's that's fair enough. Um, I, I think to the problem they have from the PR point of view, looking at it objectively, was that they um, they sold uh, a, 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 an image to a, to a to a, a keen audience people who bought into the idea of yes. Champions League football, of mm-hmm. kind of move, becoming the next new big team and that this was going to move us on. You know, apparently the match day takings are actually down. They're actually more at the bone-in. I, did, I, I, did I read that uh, wrong? Well, I think the last set of accounts, possibly before this In terms of all the commercial one, stuff and everything that goes with it. Well, Sullivan's uh, was quoted as saying that it, it wasn't really worth it in financial terms. I think some of that is part of the game they're playing with the mayor's office because obviously the long game is that they mm. want to own the stadium. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that's um, you know going to be prohibitive to that is if it looks like it's an absolute cash cow, yeah. the the mayor's not yeah. going to sell it yeah. for, okay. for on the cheap. So I think you you sort of somewhat have to read between the lines. Yes, around all that. I think strange, there's a lot of bullshit. To it's a strange yeah. piece of double speak, isn't it? Because it yeah. is it's like that thing when you know you you buy a sort of you know a piece a, a white good or an electrical good from a shop and they try to sort of sell you a warranty for it and then they start almost pestering you with the notion that it's going to go wrong very quickly you're <laughs> yeah. sort of going Need a warranty, well yeah, I, yeah. I might not buy it then you'll yeah. see you're you're now having said this thing's brilliant buy it you're now telling me it's a piece of shit and <laughs> and you know i think i think you're right i think uh sullivan because that came from sullivan that thing absolutely of, uh, yeah, oh yeah, people yeah. think we're rolling in money from this stadium but we're not actually we're making kind of less than the yeah. than at the other place so so I think then you know we might take that with a sort of pinch of salt yeah. I mean I'm also I mean I'm, you know I'm not it sounds like whenever we we say something to kind of sort of ameliorate what what are being said by people that are critical of the new stadium and the move and stuff um that we're utterly outright defending Sullivan and Golden we're in their pockets but another thing I I would say is that the like you say about kind of the atmosphere at the uh, 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 Upton Park a lot of things that are sort of wrong in the new place are things that are wrong with football in general. A lot of those big stadia are pretty quiet. And a lot of them are very big. A lot, you know, you're, you're a long way... Some people are kind of getting angry about basic physics. You know, people are yes, going, I was really... You know, I bought these... I bought seats in block 200 and something at the new stadium and I'm miles away I was much nearer at the old place you know yeah, I, I, wait for yeah, that I mean that's, stadium, I mean, that's true I mean yeah that's that the thing make, that will be that a problem will, for I'm, them I'm sure it, it will be I'm sure yeah. I mean you know I've no doubt that if you're right at the back of that new big um, the stand at, yeah. at Anfield but, you know you yeah. are a long way away from the players yeah, yeah. in a different direction from the yeah. you know, you're steeper yeah. but you're still yeah. a long way away well the equivalent with this um, is called size you know yeah. I went to see Barcelona and I was I mean the players were tiny little figures in the yeah. North Camp you know? yeah. tiny little figures I, I mean I, I don't you know you can sort of move nearer we're not paying 
For a while, we were playing less than we were playing at the other place. We were a long way away, so we remedied that, and now we play pay what we paid at the old place, and we're nearer than we were at the old place. But not know? everyone can live nearer, obviously. No, 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 no. Physics, but, but I mean, but they were disingenuous about what they claimed they were going to be able to do to it in yeah. terms of improving sight lines and and that and that sort of thing. And people people bought into it because they liked the idea that it would it would somehow lead to to the team being um, more successful. While we're on the subject of of their kind of sort of PR dodginess and whatever, there's a growing, gathering discontent about the allocation of away tickets. Right. And obviously that's mm. that's partly come about because people people prefer away games now because the atmosphere yeah. is better and the away support remains very, very committed mm. and, and and it is great going away. Um and partly because of the the thirty pound cap, which I think when it was brought in Always said was, was a yeah. good move from the from the Prem, Premier League, but it means that you know the away season tickets all sell out. You know they sell to capacity, don't they? Um, it's very very high priority points now. They brought in this kind of controversial ten percent going to a ballot, which actually I, 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 I think if I was someone who's really gone to some difficult to get to away games midweek or whatever i'd be a bit pissed off that i would mm. just had a chance yes. of getting a chelsea yeah. you know ticket you and, know and, and the and problem with it so, so i'm the other end of the, of yeah. the scale when yeah. i've got like four yeah. priority points or something and the only way i can get a ticket now is to get one off of someone who has no intention of going to the game but yeah. buys it in order to get the priority point yes. and then yeah, gives it to me that. so yeah. i can never get yeah. the point the problem is you know so if, if there's jim and i and mm. a ticket for bournemouth jim has to get it because jim's gone to like 30 yeah. away games in the last three and I've gone to three so yeah. I, I completely get that but actually it's quite difficult to grow your away support so yeah. I'd love to take my kids to yes. an away game but I can't yes. because there's no chance so of I think it. that was again I, you know, I don't necessarily think there was kind of um, I, th- I think there was kind of good intentions behind that ballot mm. idea to kind of try and give, give someone else opportunity but there are there are things that you know apparently they are giving tickets to people in, in corporate now they're, they're, they're not selling. I, I'm, I, this is rumoured, but that, that actually people in the corporate those ninety six six lounge are being offered tickets now for a, for a, for away games no, really. because I suspect mm. they're worried about because wasn't there a two or three year deal so on those about very what? expensive? Mm. Well, right. they're very expensive corporate packages that they sold right. at the start are due for renewal. A lot of them aren't there, and I wonder right, yeah. whether actually. Because some of them are a long way from the pitch, actually, aren't they? I mean, yeah. we're very happy with where we stand as it were in the new in the in, you know in the yeah. stadium aren't we from where yeah. we were first yeah, season we've been two seasons in row 11 at the Trevor Brooking end and the view's pretty good it's pretty much yeah. equivalent to more or less what I had oh, yeah, at the, yeah, at the yeah. bowling mm. yeah. but that's afforded to only a small percentage of the people in the ground yeah. isn't it I mean I sit above the 1966 seats so right. I'm in the you know kind of upper tier and the sight lines are crap. You know, there's no denying that it's, you know, as you're looking down, it's disjointed. You can see scaffolding, you can right. see the thing. You know, and I was looking at where the Birmingham fans were on Saturday. They were behind a screen with that massive 10 foot walkway yeah, in between yeah. them. And, the, you know, yeah. so I mean, that's just an yeah. abysmal view to, mm. to give to anybody. Um, so I think there's elements. I've sat with, you know, in the first year that the ground was open, I sat in a lot of places because they ran mm-hmm. a ballot actually at the time and you could get, if you were not a season ticket holder, as I wasn't you could get different tickets in different places. And actually, I found a couple that were great. Some of them, I think, yeah. quite close to where you are now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the reality is, as Jim says, I think it's disingenuous on the club's part to suggest that what we've been presented with is what we were promised. And yeah. I think that, to me, is, is the, the sort of root cause of it. Plus, as you said, Phil, I think quite rightly, 
that when the team's crap, all of this stuff bubbles up. Yeah. Actually, this year's quite enjoyable. It's, yeah. There's, so yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing yeah. at the ground. Yeah, yeah that, people that, are happy. That, that yeah. in the end, ultimately, is where if we can, they can deliver enterprising, attacking, goal-laden football on 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 the pitch and chance-laden football. You know, people will, and and the yeah. atmosphere will. Young people coming to it are going to be impressed because it's bloody big. And if yeah. you're a kid, yeah. you're impressed by fucking great big things and popcorn um, and popcorn <laughs> yes. and I think in that sense you know that I did it when you you know that that bit where we walk out over the kind of scaffolding of the bridge yeah. to mm. where it's out, that is that walk is quite, quite good yeah. 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 yeah you know yeah. it's yeah. an impressive yeah. sight it's big and there's a lot of people in there and when they do make noise as they have done on some uh, occasions you yeah. know it's it's it can be impressive and I that will grow it's not going to change so yeah. I no. suppose to a certain extent we as fans have got to embrace that and and start making a bit of yeah. an atmosphere. Mm. Which it, um, I think we try in our little bit, don't yeah. we? You know. I mean, I've said this quite a lot before. It's, it, I don't think it's necessarily that um, the fans want, you know, uh, all stepovers and flicks and for every player to be, you know, Messi or Ronaldo. It's just progressive football. You know, I saw the first, I saw the first clump of games at the new stadium and it was apparent to me uh, in that Europa League game that, that we played straight away, that, that you know the crowd because we scored a couple, we scored three goals in that game. Kiyati mm. scored the first mm. two, and there was a good, you know, some good noise in the stadium. Yeah. But then the game settled down to be a bit boring because the other team were not yeah. that great, which is how yeah. we beaten by three yeah. goals. And it was not a terribly entertaining game, and you could sort of almost hear tumbleweed. And I thought, yeah. Ooh, I, oh, I, and that was full yeah. because it was the first game. Absolutely. And I thought, oh, this is. It's not flick. It's not flicks and steppers. It's just playing progressively. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would say there are probably four things about this current team that are really beginning to kind of kind of get West Ham fans behind it and and feel as though it, it is sort of certain extent connected to the way West Ham, the West Ham way, and the way we are. Number one, we love skill and talent, and Anderson has got that, and Anderson and Altovich mm-hmm. have got that. But we love commitment. Snodgrass is as important. Yes, Snodgrass yeah. running around chasing Balboina, people down, tackling, yeah. and Balbuena yeah. and Dion mm-hmm. to yep, a certain extent yep. in that as well. But we also love academy players coming yes, through. We've yeah. got Rice yeah. and Dean Garner now. And Rice is looking an absolute Rolls-Royce of a player at times mm-hmm. in, in midfield. And um, we have had a selection, uh, um, uh, a tradition of bloody good goalkeepers. And Fabianski is right mm-hmm. in that yeah. in that mm-hmm. tradition. I was so, dead you know, against signing him and I could not have been more Couldn't have been more Yeah, I was yeah. Fantastic. And I completely... Rice, what a player Rice is. 19 years old. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Just, it's extraordinary. To have that ability. He, he reminds me... I know he's not the same player, but he has that look of character about him in that yeah. when he receives the ball doesn't matter whether it's right foot left foot he knows what he's Absolutely. going to do they just seem to switch on as well because I mean we've said yeah. this a few times that, yeah. that I thought I thought he was really good last season but I thought he was good in the way that Reed is good which uh, Reed is very good defender very good positioning very good reading of the game but yeah. not a great passer and not a kind of you know mm. he'd have to shovel it to Noble or something to do the work Rice seems to have just suddenly switched on this element in his game that yeah. he didn't appear to have someone's got a hold of him because his technique yeah. is fundamentally different than it was last year and yeah. it is brilliant now yeah, like, yeah. and I look at him and I know he's got this decision to make between England and Ireland I actually think he should go for Ireland just because he's played for Ireland but yeah. he could be in the England team in the next couple of years he's easily. better in that position than than Dyer, yes, sort of who is Dyer? Um, yeah, yes, yeah, you know, mm, yeah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right about you know. It's often a sign, isn't it, when the player when you see the player receive the ball, the way he's yeah. got his next, he's got he's got a picture of the pitch, isn't he, in his yeah. head? He's got then yeah. he's got that natural kind of instinctive. I'm, I'm I'm angling my body so that my next ball is an easier, yes, an easier absolutely, ball, yeah, yeah. When know. Noble first appeared on the scene, and obviously in the sort of 
you know, decade plus he's been playing for us, he's played in some quite shit teams where he's one of the better mm. players. And it was always the fact that quite simply he didn't have to look at his feet when the ball came yeah. into him. Yeah. He had his head up and was looking yeah. for where that the would, pass yeah, was. And, you know, Absolutely. Noble was... Yeah. When Noble started to play under Kirbishley in that in the latter part of that Tevez season. That was what we were struck with straight away. Was he kind of, you mm. know, had a bit of the football. He was a player, you know, yeah. and, and Rice is looking like that. He had uh, Noble had a shocker at Burnley, but but um, and when he when he when he was due to come on with was it, and him and Antonio came on against Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, it changed the game. He, we we I well, I said we said oh that's not going to make us better mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. and it bloody well did yes. instantly made yeah. us better because his 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 through ball for the for the, um, for the first, for the first goal, goal. Yeah. Yeah. and then also his pass out to to Antonio I think it was for yeah, you for know the second, yeah, yeah. The second. he yeah. you know and he got on the ball and he and and he, he is a good footballer Noble he's quite you know? brave Noble um, because in in the sense that yeah. he tries to do stuff with it and yeah. I think some. Sometimes, obviously, that you know, can't always work, of course. No, no. But that's what sort of leads people, I think, to get on his back. Whereas yeah. he's a more ambitious passer than Rice. Yeah. So yeah. Rice yes. never gives the ball away. No, no, no. But sometimes it's very straightforward, the stuff that he does. And well, that's a good blend, yeah. isn't that, it? Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Keeping hold yeah. of the ball is important. Blend. And Anderson does that. Anderson's always trying something, possibly too yeah. much the magic ball. And against Burnley, he just gave the ball away mm-hmm. and gave it away and gave it away. His pass completion... Percentage at Burnley must be absolutely shocking, fifty yeah, percent yeah. or less. <laughs> um, and it was just wasn't the game to be doing that. Someone who can pass is Nasri, right? And yeah, that, I like and, the look and, of him. and yeah. I really like the look of him. It's the same thing about looking. Remember when Sheringham came and played for us? Yeah. A lot of people thought, "Oh, Sheringham, he's kind of." And you'd never really yeah. properly like all players when they come to play for you after a long time. You've never really properly watched <laughs> yes. them when they play yeah. for the yeah, opposition. Yeah. Winterburn. Just, Winterburn. Re- yes, exactly. Yeah. He just. Always received the ball in space, sharing him. You just mm-hmm. never, he never received the ball with a man up his backside. Yeah. Yeah. And Nasri was the same. I was watching that. Nasri is in, was in space to receive mm-hmm. every pass he received. And yeah. that is the sign of class. You, you don't lose that. You can no. be out of the No, game. that feels like a good signing. He, six I, months. Stop just got to have him for six definitely. months. Stop gap. I, I, I did hate that signing. Because right. it go, you know, I just don't think we should sign anybody over 25. I want to see us try and no, get younger yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And also a player who hadn't played for a year after a drugs ban. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could, what could be more Sullivan. But, you know, I cannot... Um, disagree with anything Jim says that 60 minutes that he played on Saturday absolutely the best Mm -hmm. player on the pitch you know Mm -hmm. and you know it is a bit easy to dream on the idea of him and Lanzini and Arnautovic and Anderson all in the same side I I worry about Lanzini and his knee and everything but you know those sorts of technical players together actually we haven't had for quite a long time and also the reasons for Nasri to sign is like he wants to put himself in the shop window and get you know I don't mind if he wants to play for someone after he's played this six months for us uh, you know and play for playing for a European well, they've got a two-year option. Yeah. So, you so, know. so, but, but if he, you know, if if for this six months he plays really well because he wants to, play, that's absolutely fine. Can't you know, argue, get yeah. someone young in the summer. Yeah. But, um, so, so we should um, uh, start moving towards our predictions for the next home game, which is Arsenal on Saturday. Um, <laughs> but James, how is the um, how? How is the tone of the knowing uh, doing a podcast for ten years about West Ham? There's sometimes when people are kind of going, "It must be awful for you." We were sort of under Allardyce, but actually <laughs> the podcast is quite fun because we took the piss out of Allardyce. The kind of mood took on a kind of um, you know uh, gallows humour, and, yeah. and similarly with the H list. Do you how how do you feel? 
now that we're sort of we came out of losing those four games and now things are going quite well <laughs> how how's the well, what's the mood on the H list now so I haven't written one for a little while yeah, because I, I, yeah. as I was on holiday but yeah. also because I've been doing some stuff in the background possibly about writing a book so right, right. Yeah, um, I, I have to yeah. do um, great uh, yeah, can't say too much more at the no. moment, but but so I've sort of been doing that. Um, but interestingly, everyone, um, well not everyone, but people are messaging me um, to say, you obviously can't write anything again because we've started winning since you yeah, stopped yeah. writing. <laughs> yeah. um, so I thought I'd like to take some credit for the upturn. But yeah. if, I, if I was going to be writing, I, I would be quite positive because... Um, you know, I still have my problems with Sullivan and the transfer mm, policy mm. And, and the sort of progressiveness. But it's night, for me anyway, it's night and day to have a manager who wants to try and play progressively yeah, 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 yeah. and players who are trying to play progressively versus where we were even a year ago. And I don't necessarily blame, for instance, Moyes because I think he played the hand he was dealt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the, the, the sort of up, Oh, sorry, the outlook for for the club to me is is upwardly mobile. Mm-hmm. I but I think you always have to caveat that with what are they going to do in the next transfer window? Yeah, yeah that's know, we the need worry, isn't backs. it? We need we need a central midfielder. Yeah, you know, that for us to take a step up, they need to go and sign a game changing central midfielder for absolutely thirty or forty million pounds. Yeah. But whether they do it is, is a different matter. But so you know, broadly, I, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Would, it would be difficult. Not yeah, to I do. think you know because we sort of make jokes on this podcast quite a lot, and and I think that there's a sort of um sometimes the kind of the 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 root of the jokes is actually different from how the team is playing so that <laughs> so if the team's sort of playing well you don't make you don't make gallows humor jokes about that you find other things to sort of make jokes yeah. so other things become the focus of of what you're writing and uh um so yeah it it it, it feels we've had a lot of different permutations of the club since we started in late 2007 a lot of unhappiness <laughs> yes, yeah, you know yeah. really extraordinary dramatic unhappiness that yeah. most other football teams don't have including <laughs> trauma you might even yeah, say yeah. Really. Yeah, you right. could you could write a book yeah, about yeah. that yeah. 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 but i mean to be fair five or six games into this season you know we look we lost the first yeah, four yeah. and all that you know and difficult fixtures you, you, i think there was a reason for it but i i think there was definite um Concern, you yeah. know, we we had a poor, I think as bad a record after like seven yeah, yeah. games or something as we did as we, in, in when we got relegated under Grant. Yeah, yeah, you know. we lost the first five under. Yeah, him, so uh, but, but there were a couple of games that, that you know, the the Manchester City losing four nil, but walking away from that game going. I take that 4 0 over a Sam Allardyce 4 0. <laughs> over the every, last three every, four 0s yeah, against yeah. them, yeah, every yeah. every time, and yeah. then similarly, the the. Was it Bourne? Who did we beat 4 2? Bournemouth? No. Burnley. 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 We, the 4 2 against Burnley was really good because we didn't sort of panic and try and shut up shop when we got our noses in front. When we got our yeah. noses in front, Allardyce, it, Allardyce's mind would have slightly melted. And I think that would have been a, you know, it would have been a different game. We just kept doing what we did. You know, they, pulled a, yeah, they uh, pulled a goal back. Yeah. We didn't. We no. just kept playing the same game. That was yeah. what was good about Southampton. That sort of yeah. sense that well, we are we're just we're the better side here. Yes, we yeah. keep playing the way yeah. we're going to play. We will win the game. Yeah. Um, so what do we think about this Arsenal fixture? Early half past twelve. Yeah, you know that half past twelve game. Yeah. We've had a lot of kind of uh, lack of self belief against Arsenal. Sometimes you know when we apart from the Billich 
you know, the 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 Bilic first away game of that yeah. season where we yeah. just flew at them and kind of when yeah, you're not Arsenal, you're just the team. Pyatt, wasn't it? You're Pyatt just, just you're just the team in front yeah. of us. Yeah. You know, you're just the team um, in front. You're not you know, because that, that game this season, in a way, we were in that game. We could, oh, we, we, we lost it. Well in we that sort of game. lost it because they were Arsenal and that cup game last season, one oh, nil at their place. You know, we oh, God, that, yeah, we were just so, the yeah. we were the more worse team of those two teams. And there's something, you know, there's something that seems to happen. And, and you know, like we said, with with both Zola and with the the almost exact opposite manager, Sam Allardyce, had the same thing about big teams, kind of going, we can't beat them; they're too good. Well, we'll the, I think the challenge for Pellegrini actually is to try and bridge that gap to the top six, because the thing that's frustrated me most, I think, in the last few years is that you play Man City at home, you play Liverpool at home. And you go to the game knowing that you're not, we're not going to be competitive. Yeah. And really, apart from Spurs, which sort of sits apart, we haven't competed. Yeah, we got beat 5-1 by Arsenal, didn't we, a couple of years yeah. ago? You know, yeah. it's been a bit embarrassing. Yeah. So I think the thing that I always associate with sort of Redknapp era of West Ham was at, at Upton Park, particularly never away from home, but mm-hmm. at Upton Park, bit of an equaliser there with the stadium and everything. Yeah. We were competitive and a really difficult place to play. Yeah. You, had to, you had to win at West Ham if you wanted to win the league. Yeah. That's not true anymore because no, we've been no, so no. crap. Mm. So to me, actually, the next thing I want to see from Pellegrini is laying a glove on some of these better he, teams. He yeah. talks a lot about big, big, big club attitude, doesn't he? And, yes, and, and yeah. playing, winning football and getting into the habit. And I, I would say he hasn't yet, that he hasn't cracked that yet. He's on the way. I would, I would say... You know, there have been, I think, possibly three times this season where you've thought, oh, right, we're in a position now where our next game's winnable. We can really capitalise on this. Mm. And the first half against Brighton, we were having beaten Manchester United. We were shit yeah. that first yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. Came back at the second half and maybe should have got a point, but we were really terrible mm-hmm. in that first half. Um, was, the, uh, was it Huddersfield after the Burnley, Burnley win where you thought, oh, we play, we play well? Huddersfield... Yeah. Did come back and get the equaliser in that, but was still poor in the, poor, poor in yeah. the first half. Um, and uh, and then I would say, but you know, Burnley having on the back of this good run, go up, go up, Burnley, bottom bottom club, you know, yeah. going or nearly bottom club, and uh, and, do it, and and didn't turn up again for very. I mean, there were yeah. mitigating circumstances in that. But so, do we have any you know, thoughts? What are our thoughts about Arsenal? <sighs> I've for, for a while I've had a sneaky feeling we are going to get something from mm. this. And I think they're we can score against them, and I think that and they've got injuries in the defence, haven't they? So mm, yeah, um, but I don't think we'll fail. You know, I don't think we'll mm. keep a clean sheet against them. So we're going to have to score several times to win it. And so I'm going for two 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 two. Yeah, James, uh, I would say one all. I think you're right. We ne- we never keep a clean sheet, and we <laughs> think Fabianski's our best player this season. But... Three two win. Yeah, yeah. I, three two win. You're so much bold. That's that's sort of in my heart. That's what mm, I wanted mm, to say. But yeah, I thought, mm. oh no, I might jinx it. All right. Uh, well, we'll be back with you next week after we've played that fixture. Uh, um, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelan's With me, Jim Grant. Cheerio, James Cairns. Good night. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.